Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 81 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello, everyone. Uh, this time we read Worst Ideas Ever, 42 Truly Terrible Decisions by Daniel B. Klein and Jason Tomaszewski. Uh, this was at the request of our patron, Lynn. I have the book here with me. Uh, look at that glorious, shitty book. Yeah, look at that. Okay, so it's when great. we say look at that... <laughs> We have to acknowledge that there will be some people listening to this episode who cannot look at that. Well, too bad. They can go and find us on Twitch and watch it later. It's fine. Okay. Well, we should explain to the audio people that perhaps don't see that we, you know, we started to stream our recordings on Twitch for the time being while we're in quarantine hell world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. there might be some Twitch chat acknowledgments happening here and references to look at this or check this out, which... um. You know, maybe we'll upload the video to YouTubers. Who knows, right? So yeah. that's just going to be... There's going to be a slight visual component to this as well. Um, but for you just audio-only folks out there, we're still d delivering our quality TBC product. In fact, I feel like since we're, like, broadcasting this, I should put on, like, radio voice, right? Like... <laughs> Welcome to TBC oh, in the Quarantine Studios. Oh, please God, please don't. Coming at you no. from our bedrooms. No. It's Terrible Book Club episode 81 no. with Chris and Paris. No, that was horrible. Please never do that again. <laughs> oh, tell me what to do. Oh, good Lord. Oh, my pop filter is creating a shadow. All right. So uh, this was, as I mentioned, a Patron's Choice episode. So thank you to Lynn uh, for this recommendation. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Lynn recommended this book because it was the worst book that she read in 2019, and apparently she did a lot of fucking reading in 2019, so this was the worst of it. Um, if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad, and we base this sometimes on their cover or title, their summary, or some combination of the three. So we do the opposite of what normal people do in a bookstore or if they're browsing on Amazon or something. Um, and once in a while, we end up like liking a book, like uh, our last episode, Bear, we ended up loving that book. Uh, but most of the time, this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, like today. Um, for content warnings, nothing too crazy. We got um, our usual barnyard language. A um, couple of the bad, tasteless jokes we're going to talk about do reference, like, misogynistic stuff and maybe some sexual assault. So, like, be aware of that, but we're going to talk about why they suck. Um, and not actually go into detail on those things. So just a minor warning today. So uh, the back of the book reads as such. We all can make bad decisions, but some make history. 
Some bad decisions are infamous. Remember New Coke or the XFL? While others have managed to slip under the radar of public consciousness, like the in-car record player. But just because we've forgotten a bad idea doesn't make it any less horrible. We all cringed when Michael Jordan announced he was leaving basketball for baseball, but did you know that Whoopi Goldberg made a never-released $35 million buddy cop movie where her partner was an animatronic dinosaur named Theodore Rex? Part history, part comedy, Worst Ideas Ever takes a look back and explores some of the biggest flops of all time. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's hard to believe nobody saw these coming. This book delves into the history of disaster, taking you through failed marketing campaigns, terrible pop icon projects, disastrous corporate decisions, and more, as the authors review every funny detail of what went wrong. Worst Ideas Ever shows what separates the merely bad ideas from the terrible ones. So the word delve there yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, and the mention to details... I don't agree details. with... implies <laughs> some depth, perhaps, yeah. or like you've gone far under the surface... But the thing about this book is that at best, it's like you're not even scratching the surface. You're maybe like kind of putting your nose up to it, sniffing it, and then going like, oh, I think I get it, and moving on with your day. So I don't think that there's much uh, delving to be had here. <laughs> no, um, it was it was really weird because it was almost like someone took a BuzzFeed listicle and was like, yeah, we're going to make this a book. It's going to be great. <laughs> what if you like, no, okay, it's so listen, terrible. Paris, what if you stapled like ten BuzzFeed listicles together? Um also you didn't have as much like maybe there's an equal amount of content to a listicle there, and then also you had to pay for it. Instead yeah. of just like clicking over to it when you're like trying to take five minutes off from your office job. Right, or and like, like who needs a book of listicles or like a book of shittier than wikipedia articles like these aren't also, these don't even rise to the level of wikipedia article like it's that you don't even get the funny gifts from like a buzzfeed article you know yeah. like the the person that puts those together takes the time to like just type in like someone reacting funny gif into google or something like that so you're not even getting that part there's i mean there's photos in here so like i don't know maybe a good 20 to 30 pages of this book is just like pictures instead of text but it's not like you're missing out on much it really feels like they're just trying to pad the page length here which is um disappointing considering that i i guess when you when i saw this book i was hoping that they would decide to go a little bit more in depth into why these bad ideas happened or something and they even acknowledge that in like the prologue section actually the best parts of this book are the prologue and the epilogue for the prologue, yeah. it's because they're like, wouldn't it be great if you could be a fly on the wall at some of these meetings that spawned these bad ideas? And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe we'll get some interviews or like insight or something that will, you know, give us that insight into why these bad ideas happened or what, you know, what was the thought process behind it. But at best, it's like if you Googled the... If, and went to the Wikipedia page for these notoriously bad ideas, clipped out the top paragraph, added a couple of tasteless jokes in there or dad jokes, um, and then called it a day. Yeah, it's really mystifying that you would put so much effort into this because, as Chris mentioned, the epilogue is probably the most interesting part about this book because in the epilogue... <laughs> The authors actually kind of acknowledge that this whole thing was terrible, but they, but they, they <laughs> that's my favorite part. Yeah, they're like, yeah, maybe this is a terrible idea too. But then they sit there and they they thank like thirty people, and they're like, oh, thank you so much for helping us make this a reality. It's like, 
Guys, How set did you the, need the help? Guys, set the <laughs> what bar. Help did you set need? the bar a little higher. Like like publishing this like book of half-assed Wikipedia articles was really like the shining light in your fucking creative adult life. Jesus Christ. I was just so Didn't they also like uh, quit their like someone got laid off or quit a yeah, job yeah. or something um, to yeah. like produce this? I <laughs> yes, think. Yes, they did. How about Paris? How about you just read the epilogue oh, here? It's because, kinda long. Like honestly, or at least, like, a segment of it, the part where it talks about, like, oh, thanks so much for helping us in our darkest hour when we created this thing. Um, yeah, it says that um, Dan, so Dan uh, Dan Klein, one of the authors, decided to quit his job randomly when he was at a concert, actually in Boston at the Paradise, which is funny for us since we've been there. <laughs> um, he just decides to quit his job. Um, and this was also, I think, either during or right after the recession. So, I don't know, early 2000s or something. Um, and then uh, the other author was then laid off from his family's company. So they were both jobless. <laughs> and somehow... That's, like, really extra harsh, and honestly. I know, like, that made me feel kind of terrible right because you know two two dudes that, well one guy quit his job so that's his own fucking fault but the other guy that's kind of rough being laid off from your own family's business i think um, it was no it was it was, the other guy was laid off from the other author's family like the dan had a family business that the other author worked for and got laid off from jason was laid off from dan's family's business is how is yes yes yeah that's, uh, that's what we're trying to so clarify. somehow both of them jobless they decide Let's make this fucking awful, sad excuse of a book. Like, I just. I guess you have the spare time for it now, as we all do all of a sudden to have, you know, do our creative efforts here. So. But, uh. To to me. Clearly, (laughs) honestly, this editor, uh, Anne Treisman, you, you are the person (laughs) that I have, I have to find because there were so many typos. In this little book, I mean, all right, I'm just going to open a few pages so you see that. Well, it's not a little book. I mean, it's like 200 pages. I mean, the font but, isn't small or yeah, anything. But okay. it's, it's a good two hours out of your life, right? Like all right, two to so, three hours, maybe? Like, not very not very small font. I mean, it's not it's not a lot in this, in this book. I finally got so tired of typing out what the typos were. I just started listing page numbers in the notes and there are <laughs> so many typos. It's crazy. I mean, how did you? How did the editor not have enough time or a critical eye to edit what is basically like the top paragraph of Wikipedia articles for twenty things? Like, I, it's, it's I don't think anyone was like really doing their like a game on this one here. It just doesn't seem like um, <laughs> that anyone was putting maximum effort in here. Or even halfway effort, I would say. It it's just a time waster all around. Yeah, so I so I totally get why Lynn said this was the worst book, you know, she read in twenty nineteen. I mean it's I, I honestly it's a dubious book. I don't know that I would classify <laughs> this as a book. Again, it is essentially a listicle made print, and I I just don't know if listicles need to be given flesh in the world, you know? It just doesn't That's seem a, right. Like- Wait, is this book made out of flesh? Did I had it? It seemed like it was made out of paper. Did you get a Necronomicon version or something? Oh man, like... I think man, Chris, those dad jokes are somehow worse when I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me smiling at my own joke now. Yeah, exactly. 
also, like, on top of that, can we acknowledge that these people also have a podcast? Yeah, I didn't know that until we got right to the end and they mentioned it. And I was like, oh, interesting. They're in fairly close proximity to us. So I can't, you know, completely discount the thing that Lynn might be trying to start a podcast fight of some kind <laughs> here. I hope that wasn't the intention. Like, some kind, like, you know, survival of the bad arts or they're not, they're not critiquing bad art because their podcast is like worst of the week or something. And we decided not to listen to it. Uh, out of, I don't know, for like quarantine. Re- I don't know. Well, We're no, quarantining I mean, I mean we, from... we generally try to keep ourselves as unbiased as we can. So we try not to dig too deep into um, other things the author may have done, because we want to just keep the criticism on the work itself. I mean, there have been exceptions to that when the authors have um, kind of been notorious for how they behaved in light of their work, uh, like Gloria Tesh and um, what was that other internet guy, Mr. Enter? Uh, I think we talked a little bit about both of them just since um, who they were was so tied into the creation that we were critiquing, but... um. I mean, in this case, I don't know. I mean, maybe their podcast is great. I mean, it's, it's, I'm guessing that's how Lynn found, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, you know, taking a stab in the dark there. It might not be how Lynn found this, but uh, maybe their podcast is great. I don't know. I mean, we're just talking about this one thing. And um, like I said, I think the authors themselves kind of acknowledge that it was maybe the 40, the 43rd truly terrible decision uh, in the book. The the way they, the way they organize is like, here's 42 of the worst ideas, but it's really like 42 different sections on specific topics. Um, And then those are further divided into like, you know, themes. Oh no, there's not, there's not, there's not 42 sections. There's 42 items and they're divided into sections, but there's not. I feel like some of the items have like a couple of things underneath them. Yeah, like there's some yeah. of some of the segments ha- like have like two bad ideas that they're classified. So not even well organized, let's say. Oh yeah, so I can um, I can just go through and read off the. I mean, there's only 42 of them. So um, they cover. Before you do that, though, I just want to say that they are segmented into like sports and um, other sections like that. Uh, one is and just called a- stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the catch up. But I had one big fucking mm. problem with one of them. Oh, I'm gonna. Um, most of them are like, you know, they just like a regular bold kind of print fonts and they just have the words there. But on one segment, the one about the arts, there's like scare quotes or like just like quotation marks around the arts as if to say like, ah, these people aren't really doing it. Who likes the arts? Like, right. It's all bullshit. Yeah. So, for example, like this is a regular one. I'm showing the food and drink title. But then when you get to arts. Uh, which I... I think on the Twitch stream it's marriage, so it was like <laughs> cringe and doof that you just showed everyone. Great! I'm glad they're getting a similar experience to what we experience when we read. My favorite diet the of cringe arts. and doof. Straw. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the quotation, like, get the fuck out of here with your quotation marks. I'm trying to, de- de- I'm trying to denigrate my arts. Get out of here. I guess I understand that they're trying to feel like, oh, this isn't really the arts here. But, like, even though we're sort of an arts critique podcast, I I have been thinking about this a lot. I don't necessarily want to be the kind of people that say you shouldn't try to make art even no, if you I, fail at it, no. even if it's not necessarily, like, the best art or something like that. We're trying to highlight – the way our podcast is framed is, like, we're judging books by their cover and we're trying to see if our prejudging is correct or not. 
And on top of that, usually we find stuff that, like, uh, even in the ideas phase, should not have left the ground whatsoever. Like, it should not have begun to, like, even start the engine up. <laughs> usually. Yeah. So, just so you know what the content is, some of the things they cover, um, New Coke, the Taco Bell Chihuahua, alcoholic energy drinks, edible underwear, deep frying a turkey, microwaved food, uh, Death on a Plate, which was um, the Krispy Kreme burger. Um, we got set the Segway, the Hindenburg, the Yugo, the Apple Newton. That that one was actually kind of funny. Um, the Atari Jaguar, Sega Dreamcast, and Coleco Adam. The in-car phonograph, laser discs, the female urinal. Uh, Jar Jar Binks, celebrity albums, adding a cute kid, etc. They talk about um, Battlefield Earth, Cop Rock. Uh, Theodore Rex, The Godfather Part 3, uh, Michael Jordan Leaves Basketball for Baseball, uh, The XFL, The Bowl Champion Series, Disco Demolition Night, um, The AOL and Time Warner Merger, Esperanto, Celebrity Baby Names. I mean, I read most of them, I skipped some, but it, so that's the kind of thing we're talking about, just kind of like pop cultural failures, um... Yeah, things that honestly you've film. probably heard of a bunch of times before and like had like, you know, heard a bunch of Jay Leno jokes about them, which honestly is the kind of the quality of the jokes in here is like a Jay Leno monologue most of the time, I, I find. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the jokes are sort of of the tasteless variety. There's one moment where they make a strangling a hooker joke, which is just disgust like let's come on guys yeah like why would you ever make that joke and i mean this it's not like this book came out in i don't know the 80s or the 90s when people weren't as aware um you know of, of that they should be a little more sensitive about things this was copyright copyrighted in uh 2011 and 2015 so like not that long ago <laughs> you know within the last 10 years Certainly. So that's concerning. Yeah, it's not like the like the rest of the book is necessarily trying to be like very shock jockey about it or something like that. It's just that sprinkled throughout here are these weird tasteless jokes like that or like gendered jokes a lot of the time. Like yeah. when the Yugo comes up, they're like, What a small lady car for ladies. No, they were that talking real about, men. They were talking about the Le Car, apparently, which was Oh the... I'm sorry, I confused my bad car ideas. Yes, yes. Oh well I have a good Yugo story, but we can wait on that. Um <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I definitely, there's definitely this weird misogynistic undertone in the book, and it's it's strange because they do point out that the Taco Bell Chihuahua ads were insensitive and kind of racist in the 90s, but then, a pa like, a couple pages later, they make that hooker strangling joke, and then <laughs> a little bit later, they, um, they refer to, uh, people who identify as male as, like, the rougher gender. Uh, and they also fetishize and sexualize a child, Alyssa Milano and the Olsen twins as teenagers, which is just disgusting. <laughs> like, bleh. Yeah, I remember uh, when, like, the countdown clocks for, like, when the Olsen twins are turning uh, 18 was a thing on the internet, uh, and I just don't understand. I never understood that mentality. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was always... Just icky as fuck, man. Fucking like, so, gross. Uh, so that's, I mean, 
in terms of like offensiveness, I guess that's the worst of it. And like, I guess that's honestly in comparison to a lot of the other stuff we've read here, it's not as bad as some of the other stuff. It's mostly the typos that are like the really terrible thing. Oh, wait, here. there's also the supermodel joke, which I found pretty tasteless. Um, when they're talking about The Godfather Part 3, they say, um, following two best picture winners made it nearly impossible for The Godfather Part 3 to meet expectations. It's sort of like if you just dated two supermodels, it would be hard to go back to dating that pretty girl at work. <laughs> there's just there's just something kind of gross about it, you know? It's yeah, like, like, why does like, it always like, have why? to be like that? Like, yeah. why does it always have to be like that? I know. We've got enough gross dudes out here. Could you just, like, tamp it down a little bit? Um. So, I mean, yeah, like, there's not that much to talk about because... The ideas presented, they are bad ideas. Like, I'm not going to say that any of the ideas presented weren't bad ideas. It's stuff, again, that we've all heard about, for for the most part, through pop culture osmosis. Was there anything in here, Paris, that, like, surprised you or, like, you didn't know about? Um, actually, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's so, guys, it's, all right, it's 2020. I'm reading this book. I get to the Jar Jar Binks chapter, and I just found out that Jar Jar Binks became a fucking elected representative in Space Senate. Why what didn't in the you ever vote, Paris? Living... You, you didn't what vote? The... You, didn't, you didn't cast your ballot in that election? <laughs> what in the ever living fuck? Why would anyone allow that to happen Wait in a the minute. Star Did Wars you not universe? see, like, episode two and three? No, I didn't see them. I only saw one oh, okay. and then the rest well, of them. Well, yeah, that was a, that was a thing in episode. <laughs> I think Christ. three is where it's, like, confirmed. There's that whole thing, like, this is how democracy dies, not with a bang or whatever. <laughs> but with a... With, with thunderous a... applause. It was like Jar Jar voted in Palpatine or some shit, like, as the emperor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I forget exactly <laughs> Wait, if that's what? how it was. Okay, down, I don't but... know about that. Let's not take our... Our, uh, our saying on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm but... not going to get, like, a Star Wars lore email, so <laughs> I could totally... But anyway, yeah. Jar Jar was elected to the Galactic Senate yeah, as, like, a Gungan representative. Blew my fucking I'm mind. I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, I think it was, like, only Amidala and, like, maybe him. I forget if he voted for Palpatine or not, but he was def- there was definitely a scene with him in, like, Senate robes that I don't think anyone liked. So. Blew, blew my mind. Uh, yeah, and there was... Uh, there are a couple of other things just kind of made me remember some funniest I don't know like the Yugo chapter I was psyched about the Yugo chapter because I had a fucking Yugo as a kid (laughs) so the funny thing about the Yugo chapter was that as I was reading it I was like oh yeah Yugo like we had one of those um and if you're unfamiliar uh Yugos were cars from the former Yugoslavia which is of course no longer a nation it's been divided up differently um and they were just, like, really shitty cheap cars that constantly broke. And they it was said in here that, um... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'm getting confirmation from our patron Greg that Jar Jar did indeed elect Palpatine <laughs> as emperor. Oh, God. So I was... I'm, see, I pay attention to politics, Paris. <laughs> I'm glad one of us knows what's going on in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I clearly fucking don't. Um, <coughs> so, apparently... Yugos were, um, all the Yugos in the U.S. were recalled in 1990, and it ended its operations in the U.S. in 92. Mind you, my dad bought a Yugo well after 1992 that we had, <laughs> and I Was had... tiny or whatever? No, they're, they're, I mean, they're smallish, but they're, I don't know, like a small sedan. They're not like, uh, they're not like mini 
original Mini Coopers or anything like that. But I just think it's hilarious that my, like, just another stupid thing from my childhood where I realized how, like, fucking shitty and poor everything was. Like, my dad <laughs> bought a recalled vehicle from Yugoslavia after nope. it had already been recalled. You gotta get around, right? So oh, I don't even know if he ever actually got it working. Like, oh, no, I remember it. I remember it. Wor- I don't know. Right. I just- he, he had a car that didn't, he bought a Yugo that didn't even work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Was this just like sitting in your front yard as like a project that he was supposed to get yes. to? Like yes. some and classic he- fucking trailer park stuff? Oh like- yeah, absolutely. And he did work on it. Um, But I don't, I don't remember if he was ever successful in really getting it to work well. Um, but yeah, that was, so that was ridiculous. Like, good job, dad. Good job buying that car after it was fucking recalled. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that was good. Um, there were also just some, like, weird things they mentioned. They were talking about how the authors themselves were saying how, yeah, man, I only, like, a microwave is only good for or one of a microwave's only uses is to microwave water for tea. And I was like, dude, if you oh, yeah. microwave water for tea, that's going to produce, produce some real subpar shit. This, like, is, this, this is just indicative of both of these authors' sort of half-assed nature of going about everything. You can't even boil water. You're not doing research for your book well at all. You can't even boil water for tea. It's like the, like the least amount of effort to do anything. There's like electric water heaters of all kinds. What... Are you just sticking the mug in the the microwave, taking it out, and then putting the tea bag in, or are you putting it tea bag in cold water, microwaving that? I have a feeling that's what they do, considering how their approach to everything else here. Yeah, uh, very strange. Um, yeah, I mean, micro- just because like if you microwave water for tea, it doesn't hold the temperature for long enough, and it tastes like fucking shit. I just, I just want to there- yell at them and be like. Are there any acceptable microwavable beverages besides maybe hot chocolate? Mm. Are there any beverages worth know. drinking that you would microwave that aren't hot chocolate? Yeah, hot chocolate's the only one I can really think of. And even then, I much prefer I, a I boiled guess if you're milk. extending this to like broth or like. Ooh, soup. hot. hot Dan, Dan, Dan says hot cider. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, I still would like prefer a uh, uh, hot chocolate or cider to have some element of boiling or some kind of, um, you know, like electric yeah, I mean, thing. But yeah, just like yeah. anything else, using your actual stove top or oven is always going to be better than anything in the microwave. And to be fair, I'm not like a non-microwave user. I use that thing a lot, like way too much probably. But at the same time, microwaving tea just seems like heresy to me. Yeah, I agree. It's It's... Again, indicative of the half-assed nature of a lot of things these these authors seem to be doing. Um, um. So, are there anything else? Any other particular things in here that we'd like to sort of call attention to? There is one bit here in your notes that uh, we do have sort of a story from when we lived together. Oh yeah, actually, can um, I can I just, just say like that I side story. I just counted all the typos and there were twenty five. Twenty five typos. Out of like what? In, in like 240 pages yeah, or something but, like that? Yeah, but, okay, saying 240 pages is bullshit. This is not a 240-page book. This is like, like, there's a bunch of pictures and giant spaces and large... So minimally we're talking like a 15% error rate per page or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it's just inexcusable. I mean, we've read so many books, both good and bad, and even the bad ones don't usually have typo rates quite this high. So... A couple of them yeah. have, but like that, they're like real standout. But, but like, this, fa- but this at least looks... 
professionally put together. You know, it, it looks like someone at least put effort into um, the layout and guess, the publishing. Yeah, I guess, like, the graphic designer was the person that did the most work on this yeah. by far. Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, but that editor, so whoever man, you oh, are, man. good job, graphic design person. Yeah, I don't know that you're actually credited anywhere. Um, but <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> uh, I guess we can thank Skyhorse Publishing. Thanks. Sure. I guess. Thanks. You mean like Pegasus, right? That's just a Pegasus. <laughs> Was Pegasus taken by another company and they were like, shit. Shit. Uh, uh, Skyhorse, Sky I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really bad idea, I guess, guys. Oh, shit. Don't put us in the book. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the editor, I really, oh, man, this editor, lady, you gotta, you gotta redo that. It's not great. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. So, any other uh, particular um, things we'd like to bring out uh, as examples of things here? I think we've covered um, a lot of the ground. Like, I will say though, to to be fair, some of their phrases did have me chuckling. Like the section on the Apple Newton was really funny because I think that I was too young uh, to remember that existing. Um, I, yeah, that was like the one thing in the book that I didn't know about outright. Yeah, I, I think same. I remember seeing it like on an electronic store shelf at some point, but I I don't remember that as like a thing that I've heard about. Through, I, I just really liked know, pop the culture jokes. The title, it, the Apple Newton. What if a Rolodex mixed with a calendar cost six hundred ninety nine dollars? <laughs> Um, yeah, fair, good one. You know, I guess. and they've got and they've got some good uh, good points about it. It was just like a really really shitty early. Um, I don't even know PDA what PDA kind of PDA, thing. yeah, but it was it was really terrible. So I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Uh, and they they reference like the 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 Simpsons made a joke about it, and I was like, oh my god, I remember that Simpsons joke. Ah, I get it now because I didn't understand what they were making fun of at the time. But I mean, everything else I had heard of. I mean, obviously, I don't really give a shit about all the sports stuff. That section, I, you know, but that's that's a me problem. That's not a them problem. I just yeah, like, not into sports. I don't know. So. <laughs> I don't understand why they focused a lot on the whole Michael Jordan baseball thing. I feel like that got referenced in, like, other sections of the book, too, as, like, yeah, Michael Jordan's really bad sports decision there. I was like, okay, guys, I get it. He, that, sure, why does, why is that the thing that we're sticking on quite a bit here? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they're just both really into sports, because it seemed like the sports sections were the, they were the longest sections. Um, that was, like, the longest parts, so I think they were just into that. Um, um th there was also a segment here where you had a note, uh, Paris, about, like, they made a joke about, um, the length of women's genitalia hair, like, of pubic hair in, like, the 70s and 80s or something like that. I forget the context of it. Uh, it's probably because it we, were, just... we were talking, they were talking about the, um, uh, all, like, the she-pee, all the devices that they sell to women to help them pee standing up. Um, and how those are kind of terrible. And I agree. I mean, just find somewhere to squat, man. Like, it's not, you know, the the tube, the cardboard tube does nothing. Uh, but they were talking are about... Are you just advocating that women pee in public right here? Like, well, no, I'm saying, behind? okay, as somebody who has attended many a music festival, um, you know, you sometimes just have to find somewhere no one's going to see you or have someone stand, <laughs> look out. I mean, also when you're hiking and stuff, like, pee you just have to... with Paris... <laughs> Well, I mean, when you're hiking, you just have to squat off the trail. Okay, hiking you know? is one thing, but like a music festival, Paris, where you going behind the tents and like. <laughs> I mean, Chris. It, so, I don't think you've ever been to like a large scale music festival, but uh, I've been to Warped Tour. Excuse me, Paris. <laughs> I'm ashamed to be on this podcast with you. 
Uh, I went when I was 15 one time. <laughs> okay, okay, so. I can forgive you. Uh, you're forgiven. Um, but, I mean, sometimes things just get out of hand really quickly with the with the bathroom situation, you know, and you you just have to pee. So you just find somewhere that's obscured and you pee. I mean, it's, you know, these are... Hope there's a statute of limitations on this kind of thing because you're about to get put on a list there. <laughs> I'm not going to get put on a list. Jesus. Anyway, in the section about how these weird cardboard tube things for women to pee through is a terrible idea. They were saying how they were really impractical. Um, I don't know. I, I guess they, they were talking about why they would be impractical, like, if uh, people were trying to sell them a lot, I guess, in the 70s and 80s, and they were like, well, women had so much more genital hair then. Like, how, how on earth would that work? And I was like, I don't know. Did they? Uh, but Chris was like, hey... They definitely did. Remember remember that time at the old apartment where we found that porn? And then, so um, years ago when Chris and I lived together with some other roommates in the house that he currently lives in now, actually, uh, there was some kind of leak in the the first floor bathroom sink. And it, it nev- inevitably just needed to be replaced. Like the whole cabinet had to come out and get replaced. So when they moved the entire cabinet out, there were a bunch of old porno mags from, like, the 80s and 90s under there, and boy, were those hilarious. I, there were, like, English ones and Spanish, uh, I don't remember if there was another language under there, but it was hysterical, um, the- yeah, who's, like, stashing the porn under the bathrooms? I guess, I don't know if that's where you go to do the business, right? You're just like, I just need them right there. Also, but it seemed like... They weren't easy access, if I remember no. right. Like you would have had to like move the fixture to get yeah, to them, yeah, right? Yeah, because they were they were so... underneath like a panel that had been sealed. Can you imagine <laughs> someone walking into the bathroom and just be like, "No one come in here," and then all of a sudden you just hear like a dragging sound across the floor? No, you hear like power drills. <laughs> no one not come in here. I'm busy, and then like uh... ten minutes later, just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it was a situation where they were just like, oh, fuck, I need to get rid of these. No one can ever find them. And they were just like, I'll seal them away here. No one will ever find them in the bathroom. No one can ever know. Uh, but I just Was it like the person that installed the, the original fixture in the first place? Oh, like... maybe. Maybe it was the construction worker. Oh, God. Like, I, like bring in their porn from home or something <laughs> to like, I, I will forever seal it in for someone to find later on. Yeah, what a fucking a time treasure. capsule we found. They were all like... I guess like, you know, there was a thing about like, you know, forest porn that kids would find sometimes in the 80s or whatever, where it's like, you you know, you're hiking yeah. through the woods with your friends and there's just like stashes of some things like that. Yeah. Um, but who would do that in their own house under a fixture that is very difficult to move and get to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I do remember, though, that there were some there were some very strange word choices. I remember in particular uh one of the, I remember we were just all fucking cracking up for like hours looking at these things because they were it was almost like because they were some in English and some in Spanish but they were almost like poorly even the English ones were like poorly translated so the word choices were just bad and there uh, I remember there was a reference to something being foamy and it was supposed to be sexy but it was re- it just really sounded diseased and it was just. <laughs> I need, yeah, oh, I need a man. nice foamy 
<laughs> yeah, it's not interaction. A sexy, it's not a sexy word. I have a I have a rabies fetish is the thing, so you know. <laughs> The funnier, the better. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Greg says worked at a library and homeless dudes stored porn mags in the ceiling of the bathroom. All right, that's okay, solid but though. That's you like can a, reach yeah, those. Yeah, that's like a drop ceiling, right? Like it's much easier to just like push the tile aside and like grab your stash than to move the cabinet fixture in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, of your own house that I'm assuming you're living in or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, so there were, like, a handful of phrases that made me chuckle, but overall, uh, this book is a waste of time, and in terms of whether or not we could fix it, you know, I think I that guess- it could be fixed if, um, if they actually did in-depth research and interviews and then analyzed exactly how and why these ideas were so bad, um, rather than just being Absolutely. like, yeah, rather than just being like, oh man, remember when that happened? That was dumb. Like, yeah, we all know it's dumb, but like, we want substance, details. Um, That's the one thing, and like, I sort of like the the sort of thing that I'm going to get on my podium here and like rant about is that the fact that um, I think even in the epilogue they say like this took so much research for us to do. And I'm like, it could not have. This is like first page Google results, guys. And this, like, I'm about to spin off into an almost completely different. Well, topic can I tell you? It- can I tell you exactly my my like one sentence as to what this book is, or sure. maybe a couple sentences? It's like when you have a school project you forgot about and you remembered the night before. That's what this yes. is. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what this feels like. A last minute paper that you're up copy paste, writing. Copy paste. For, for oh, fuck. Paragraph oh, from God. Yep. A- absolutely. That is that is 100% what this feels like. Uh, so that is why I feel like it should not exist. But sorry, Chris, continue. I think you're going to talk about um, yeah. the degeneration so, of experts. So, sort of what I was getting at was that it to to make something like this interesting to read you would have had to like maybe called up the people involved or tried to get at least a contact with someone that could have been in the room or something like that and you know maybe that might be hard to do if you're framing it as like hey i want to find out why you had this dumbass idea moron or something like you don't have to go about it like that but like you know i'm just frame it as like i'm writing a book for this podcast i'm like interested in hearing the thought process behind a lot of this out of all of the ideas, like the 42 plus things presented here, it must have been the case that one of the people involved in these ideas would have been willing to chat with someone about the thought process or the meetings or whatever was involved into getting these ideas off the ground or something. And if you can't even go that far or even try to do that, especially when you're unemployed and you have a lot of time on your hands, um, the, like... What what's the point of this book if I can just get you might as well have just written the whole list out and like let me Google it and find the Wikipedia article and I bet I bet if we chose a topic here and went to the Wikipedia page about it we would get more info than is presented in this book about it um, and that sort of brings me to my research topic here which is like they like I said in the epilogue they mentioned like oh we did a lot of work and research on you know on these topics here. And I got to say, like, no, you didn't. And this is sort of a pet peeve of mine when people, especially like in internet arguments, will be like, go look it up, do your research. And it's always an extremely surface level understanding or something. Or they're denigrating people that have literally spent years and done actual research um, 
you know, or gotten a degree or gotten a certificate or certification or expertise in the field by spending more than just one week tops Googling the subject and looking at the first page of results there and, you know, actually cross-referencing things. That is what research is. Don't ever tell me that you did your research unless you've actually taken more than, you know, a few hours of, of time looking something up. It should have been months of your life to really, truly investigate a topic in depth at all if you really want to say you did your due diligence it takes more much more time than a lot of people think when they're doing their research like all right that's me off of my soapbox here that's no i mean i I obviously i agree with you and the weird the other weird thing about this is that there's no um there's no references in it yeah, there's not, like, there's a none. bibliography. I mean, you don't really need one, right? Like, what's, like, the source you're going besides, like, this happens? Well, no, but... Like, who are you sourcing? But I guess that's, what that's like, my point, right? It's, like, they there there was nothing really researched. And, I mean, just as an example, I looked up the Wikipedia article for, for New Coke, and it's uh, much longer and <laughs> much more in-depth with a bunch of references with further suggested reading. Um so, yeah, I I just, I don't see why this book needed to be made, and maybe it's because we don't listen to their podcast. I mean, I could understand if uh, Is it maybe... supposed to be a supplement? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was a supplement to their show, like, maybe they talked about all these things, you know, I don't know. Maybe these were, like, their most popular topics or something. Like, I could understand if they did that as a supplement to the show. It would make a lot more sense that way. It wouldn't be good, but it would at least make sense as to why they created it but as it stands i mean they don't they don't talk about it that way so i'm only left to assume that this was just some random thing that they did uh to kill the time between jobs or something Uh, like that yeah i don't know um it's again it's it's the the laziness of it all that really gets to me and the fact that they acknowledge that this was a bad idea at the end of it so, like, why? I guess it's sunk cost, right? Like, oh, well, we took the time to piece it together. Or if you had the realization that it wasn't such a good idea, figure out how to fix it and not make it a bad idea. Yeah, I think I think that they, they basically say at the end, like, you know, hey, at least we persevered, we finished it, and we learned that our friends and family su- would support us through anything. And, I mean, I, I guess there's some value in that, but I just feel like... There's got to be something better. Like I said, set your bar higher, my friends. Like yeah, once again, <laughs> I want to say like when I, I don't necessarily just want to shit on someone for trying something like this, especially when you know you had a lot of time on your hands from like recent setbacks or something like that. But if at the end of it you're like, oh, I could have done a better job, and you still haven't published it, go and do the better job. Especially like I said, if if you actually acknowledge that in the epilogue section of the book and it hasn't been put out i'm assuming they didn't like have a first printing with no epilogue and then they came back later and said actually like looking at this now it's kind of dumb so you would have had unless there was like some kind of deadline that they were trying to get to i don't know i mean and in some ways i i do appreciate the fact that they kind of acknowledge like yeah maybe this wasn't maybe this is also a bad idea uh, because then, you know, they're showing some humility and some self-awareness, you know, uh, 
but I don't know. Uh, it was it was bad. It was bad. I do not recommend anyone read it. Uh, if you're interested, it's a waste of your time. If it's you're interested, honestly, in, just a waste of two to three hours. Oh yeah, and I mean, if you're interested in any of those topics, just look them up and read the Wikipedia article, and you will get more information with references. Yeah, maybe their podcast is better. Maybe. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Uh, like I said, you know, we try to avoid when we start our podcast fight and we have to brawl them in the yeah, streets. Yeah, I don't really want to do that. Uh, you know, this obviously isn't anything personal. This was a patron's choice, uh, so we have to read anything that our patrons at a certain tier or higher ask us to read. Uh, at least we, you know, we do our best to. So, you know, this was yeah, something... Just being honest, I didn't like my time with this book. No, I didn't either. Um, I didn't so... learn anything except about the Apple Newton, and that was not knowledge that I necessarily needed. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, can't can't say I recommend this one. Um, nope. So all right, Paris, <laughs> that, <well>. I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of these like smaller books, we can't really like stretch out the time that much more beyond what we have to say here. So uh, we can do a little bit of good media talk, maybe to like extend the last little bit of this episode if you're into that. Uh, do you have any good media to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Video games. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's talk about good media. Doom Eternal is Death Metal the video game and I'm really into it. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't played it, but that's cool. I am not a first person shooter guy by any stretch of the imagination. The most I'll get into of that genre is like a Fallout game, which is a little bit more RPG than like a shooter most of the time, or you know, maybe like an Outer Worlds or something like that, which is basically just Fallout but different. So I haven't played anything that's like like really twitchy and fast paced like this in a while, and it showed when I started the game up because I had to kick it down to easy mode, honestly, just so my blind ass could keep up with what was going on. I might try to replay it on normal mode after because now I've kind of gotten more of the hang of things and I can maybe do better this time around. But just um, I really like the loop of the gameplay and the fact that it forces you to switch weapons very frequently. Like you are very frequently running out of ammo unless you're sort of doing specific actions that replenish your. Uh, stores every once in a while and you got to keep be mindful of like all of your little different things to like replenish your health or get more armor or something like that stuff like in a shooting game that i'm most other shooting games i play it's just point shoot and try to get through the level you know as best as you can and i'm not paying much attention i pick one gun and i settle with that but this one really forced me to be like very dynamic and fast moving like i have never played a game that forced me to be like literally constantly moving and it, I actually felt like my aim got a little bit better in in ways like that like I said I have really bad vision so sometimes I would end up in a situation where like the thing that I was supposed to do was like way far off in the distance and I couldn't see it until I went to like a guide and like <laughs> well, you know watch someone mean, else do it or something like that you literally have you know you have a pretty serious uh, vision issues, yeah, so, like, that's, that's normal. That's not, like, a slight yeah. against the game. I'm, I'm actually just saying, like, the fact that this game has been holding my interest so much is really cool. Like, it's very over-the-top cartoony with its violence, too, which I kind of appreciate when it's, like, Evil Dead levels uh, of gore, I guess, because, it, you know, it's easier to swallow than something that's trying to be, like, super realistic or torture porny or something like that. Yeah. And the soundtrack is bomb. It's so good. Mick Gordon did it again. He wrote, like, better deathcore music than most deathcore bands out there have been doing. And it's not even really truly deathcore all the time, I guess. It's just, like, very... It Hey, every time the riffs kick in, it makes you want to shoot harder. And it's very effective at it. Yeah, man, that's like when I'm at the gym 
Oh, oh, being at the gym. R.I.P. Rip. rip <laughs> Remember rip that? being at the gym. Uh, it's like I'm losing I'm... my gains, my, my Dude, muscles. I can see them I know. shrinking. I am actually... sorry, fellas. I I'm actually, doing my best. I actually think I found something to climb. I think I can climb <laughs> my roof overhang over my back porch, and I'm so psyched. Jeez, I'm going to try parents, it tomorrow. You're going to fall off your fucking roof and die now because you're climbing your roof <laughs> no. overhang. No, 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 no. It's very safe. The roof overhang is over the porch. It's not It's not outstretched, so I'm not going to You're going to, like, swing bad one day, and you're going to, like, call me up and be like, uh, Chris, uh, I'm paralyzed now, so... Uh. <laughs> No, yeah, you're, I like how that you're like your quarantine response is to like literally start climbing the walls. <laughs> well, because <laughs> like, I miss climbing. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, I miss my weightlifting too. I've got like very small like weights and like dumbbells. I should probably yeah. get to use sometime soon because I've I've been focusing on like flexibility and cardio stuff because I have a stationary bike and uh, yeah, I'm extremely inflexible. So um, oh, yo, I speaking been... of speaking of, I started doing yoga. I never thought I'd be into like that fucking frou frou white lady yoga shit, but it's great. Um, oh, it's great! Yeah, it's it. I've also just kind of done basic stuff, and it actually makes you feel great. So yeah, on my Sunday routine has been to do this like forty five minute long stretch thing, yoga stretch thing, and it's hard, but it's really good. So recommend yeah, been, y'all do some yoga. The stretches I've been doing make me hurt a lot. At, not like a lot, but like I can really feel how much, like how tight I've gotten over time, and yeah, I can feel myself loosening up slowly as well. And it's, <laughs> I recommend it. Um, speaking of, I guess that's like good exercise review. That's good media in a way. Like go to a YouTube channel with some white lady doing some yoga and you can, uh, <laughs> you know, try that out. I have one more good media thing. Sure. Technically, even though I haven't really properly dug into this stuff yet. Um, but I took a gander at it cause, um, I got the fifth edition starter kit for D and D because I've been running fourth edition with you guys in my group lately. And, uh, after about, a year and a half to two years of doing it, I've finally acknowledged, like, yeah, fourth edition is just such a pain in the dick. Uh, we're going to switch to fifth edition eventually after I hit a certain story beat. And I just got to say, even just, like, the art on the covers of these things is really rad. I've always loved fantasy art, especially, like, Dungeons & Dragons source book art. Um, I even got, like, a shiny edition here. You can see in the camera if nice. you're watching this on Twitch here. It's really cool. Um, I'm into, like, the layout and presentation. This edition seems much simpler and easier to handle than fourth edition oh so, dude I'm, uh, I'm so glad that you took my bitching uh to heart uh just it wasn't because... just you andy has been bitching as well from like day one that's like yo fifth edition bro so. yeah like i i mean i've been playing 5e in my main campaign which is unfortunately has unfortunately been on hold for quite a while although i'm, I'm like, your main campaign now paris no me. <laughs> yeah no you're my secondary campaign and my tertiary campaign uh, it's actually oh, with... I'm sorry that I'm just a side chick. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just decent. <laughs> no, um, well, my main campaign is a playtest group uh, where our DM is actually like publishing a book, like a, a not with Wizards of the Coast on his own, but um, he does all the art and he's we've helped him to like craft this whole story and help him work out kinks and stuff. So that's my main campaign, and that's uh, on hold right now just because everyone's lives got crazy. Um, and so my secondary campaign is the one that Chris runs, where we also do, like, Chris World stuff. You know, it's not a Wizards of the Coast D&D official thing. My tertiary campaign, though, is actually an official D&D thing, which I haven't done in forever. Uh, my friend Dan is running it, and uh, it's, like, me, uh, two of my bandmates, um, 
and some other like people from the neighborhood and it's uh it's been fun like i guess the i don't know the regular dnd stuff is kind of simple but you know it's a good way to pass some time and help people get through this fucking weird hellscape that we all live in now um yeah um our like our even our group schedule used to meet like once a month sometimes now it's like every couple of weeks we're kind of on that schedule now so i'm like heart rushing to write like the complete set of the next arc i ha- I always had like the general outline but i leave the encounter design until like it's actually coming up in case you know the story beats end up being different because our my group is very um gets off not off track but they like to just throw me curveballs all the time so i can't set anything too hard in stone yeah, so it's been it's we're been fun a, i like we're kind of a pain in the ass especially when andy and i put our minds together <laughs> I love it. Honestly, that's that's the fun part of D&D for me is like me getting the basic idea and then my party members going like, here's a completely left field idea that you had not considered. Now deal with it, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've been having a lot of fun with that. And the fifth edition stuff looks really cool and much simpler to understand. So um, after a couple more arcs, we'll like really dig into that. And I've like watched people play 5e before. So it seems like this has been a long time coming. Honestly, the only reason I stuck with 4th e is because I just had the most books for that a year and a half ago when I started my campaign with the group. So I was just like, oh, let's just roll with this because this is what I got on hand. But now I'm like, I pretty much have everyone on board for the conversion and a couple of things. And just the quality of the source books, too, is just a lot better. I have to say the art is cooler. Everything's laid out nicer. So um, that's my good media is... Death Metal, Doom Eternal, the video game, and 5e looks rad and awesome, and I'm excited for all of our future D&D stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, so this is just my PSA that, like, if you're one of those people out there that thinks you're maybe too good for D&D, you're not. I used to be that person. I used to think that I was not nerdy enough. I was like, oh, I'm not a fucking mouth breather basement dweller, but I am, uh, turns out. So, you know, in this time where we all need things to keep ourselves entertained and we need to make connections with people and find ways to kind of work together. D&D is a great resource for that in all seriousness. You know, it's not only something that's entertaining and time consuming, but you do really get good social interaction with other people and you do get to like problem solve together and, you know, um, go through these stories that are typically really fun. So try it yeah, out. Also, um, it's hilarious most of the time. It's, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. Like, just, it's fucking funny most of the time, which is what we could all use right now, is some yeah. fucking giggles, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and it's really easy to do at a distance, you know, um, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you probably know somebody who can run a game, and if you don't, you could always join, um, some random game. Although I wouldn't recommend that, because it's a little hard if you're playing with random people, um, it definitely works a lot better if you're playing with people you already know, but, you know, if if you're in dire straits, then you can always join a random game online. Uh, we use Roll20. Um, it's a free application, uh, in, like, in-browser application uh, to run our games. And you get uh, video, uh, you know, voice, and you get, like, all the game stuff. So definitely a good thing to check out if you're looking for stuff to do. Um, good media. Otherwise, um, I'm oh, more than halfway done with... Book four of the Malazan series, I read quite a bit while I was on my trip, my ill-fated trip that we uh, talked about on the li- last live stream we did that was kind of shitty, but uh, we, <laughs> we talked about that, uh, so I won't I won't get too into it, but uh, for those of you that weren't there, uh, I was in Greece when this pandemic stuff kind of started getting real crazy, um, and my vacation fell apart in a series of hilarious hijinks, you know, it was uh, very... Oh, it was a very 
it was a very Paris experience. It was a very like absurd. Uh, how is this my real life? Am I in a sitcom kind of a thing? Um, if anybody who wasn't at the last live stream wants to hear more about it, you could just ask. You can ask me some questions in the chat when we're when we're officially done with the episode, which is soon. Um, but yeah, other otherwise for good media. So like, I'm still working my way through that book. Um, also, still still reading Extremity Retained by Jason Netherton. Sorry, uh, it's just taken a really long time to get through it. It's like the series of interviews with people in the early death metal scene, and it's just. Like, it's good, and I enjoy them, but it's kind of hard to get through because they're just sort of, they're, like, grouped geographically and also temporally, but not in a way that, I don't know, not in a way that's, like, really consistent. It'll be, like, Florida, 1984, and you'll talk to, like, four people from bands, and then it'll be, like, Greece in 92. I don't know. It's just, like, kind of hard to remember what you've read uh, so I'm, I'm very slowly making my way through that, unfortunately, because I have a ton of books I need to, I need to get through. Um, in terms of music, I've become totally obsessed with, uh, Hollis's new album, Conundrum. Uh, if you haven't heard that, it's like a 70s rock throwback, but I don't really want to say that because it's a lot more than that. It's also got, like, some cool spacey electronic and synthwave elements, um, Can I just pipe up and say, please watch the music videos for Hollis because if oh, you tears ever want to see, yeah. just like a basically a Tim and Eric sketch, like played. It's not even played that seriously. I think like they know how like ridiculous it all is, but it's like, what if a Tim and Eric band was like a legitimate real thing that also kind of sounded good though? Dude, so Hollis, I, I am in love with Tommy's voice. Like, I just I don't know. He's got this really distinctive voice it's kind of weird so i think some people might not be into it but um they also recently released a documentary um on youtube about the creation of the album so definitely check that out uh if if you can i mean i just think i think hollis is one of those bands that can appeal to like weird diehard metalheads like me and also like casual regular people that listen to classic rock just because it has so many elements that make it uh, accessible, despite the vocals being a little strange. But uh, I'm really in love with it. I've been like learning some of the songs. Um, that's been great. Uh, I'm trying to remember if there's anything oh, else. While we're talking about music, yeah. Um, I hopped back on the Coheed and Cambria train. Um, I listened to their 2018 album, which was like Vaxis, the Unearthly Creatures, and I fell off the Coheed and Cambria train around um, Good Apollo 2, No World for Tomorrow, which was like, eh, it only had like two good songs on it. And then like I actually they wrote a book that I think we should read for a terrible book club. Because, oh, really? Because I was always I was always curious about how that book would, would be because it's a sci-fi story. I don't know if you know this about Coheed and Cambria, but they're basically just like one big like sci-fi space opera story told through like multiple albums. I didn't realize and- that it was all a concept. That's kind of cool. Well, they, like, they closed off that story, and now they're, like, doing other stuff that's still, like, sci-fi space opera stuff. I'm unsure if it's in the same universe or, like, is part... It's it's probably, like, you know, in the future or the past or something like that of their of the universe that the guy came up with. So I've always wanted to read that book, but the 2018 album is fantastic. It's 15 tunes long, and pretty much all of them are bangers, especially the opener, the Dark Sentencer. I've been just, like, repeating that one in my head quite a lot, and it's been really 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 fun so i recommend listening to that one if you like if you've ever been a fan of coheed and cambria or you just like your sort of half prog rock half prog metal kind of flavored stuff it's really good cool uh yeah i don't think that i 
have any other like music stuff uh really there was a recommendation in the chat from Adam for if you like would like to read a comic book around role-playing games. He said he read someone called Die, D-I-E, that he really liked. So, I don't know, maybe we should check that one out, too. But yeah, I don't... a good media recommendation for you from the Twitch chat. Well, I mean, if we don't have much more to say about that, should we wrap up the episode, Power? Yeah, we can wrap up the episode and then, um, and then right, do some do, Q&A. I can do our, yeah, I can do our patron role here. Oh! Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, Senia, Yaku, Bobby, Black Cat, Ayame, Jensina, Mayo, Cat, Elliot, Kieran, and our newest patron, Martin. Welcome to the crew. Um, unfortunately, Torben, aka Ducking, had to leave us to tend to his kingdom of ducks. There's, you know, he's as as a world leader. You know, he's probably in like some dire times right now, and he has to make sure that his duck kingdom is being led effectively who knows how the the whole pandemic is affecting those poor ducks so we wish you well torben um that's all our patrons if you want to help support the show you can subscribe on youtube i guess on twitch now maybe if we're going to be doing yeah this i guess you know some regularity come on in um, get twitty get twitchy with us i guess uh, you can become a patron at terriblebookclub.com slash patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. Terriblebookclub.com is just our website that you can go to sort of like have all of our content centralized for you. You can share the show or tell someone about it um, from a distance, perhaps, you know. You, actually, you know. this is, you know how I always tell people to like shout about it from their windows? This is the time. Get on your yeah. porch. Just <laughs> shout. Listen to Terrible Book Club. Just get out there and just yell. I'll open your windows. Avail yourself to the world and yell into the ether uh, since yeah. we literally cannot be in the same room as other people right now. <laughs> and of course, rate or review us on any platform that you feel is relevant to rate or review us. Uh, you know, iTunes. Um, I, I don't know where other places you can put reviews. Uh, uh, reads, maybe? <laughs> yeah, good, you know, yeah. Goodreads. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Podbean. I don't know. Any other fucking podcasting platforms or whatever yeah um also just shouting out your window it's pretty good yeah i laughed a couple times do it <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i guess that's the end of the episode so we are yeah, gonna sign thank off you for, for joining us well for those um, for those audio only we're gonna stay on twitch uh to answer some questions if any of you have any uh maybe just to talk a little bit but this is the end of episode 81 so thank you to lynn for recommending this book we really really super appreciate your patronage we're sorry that you could not be with us right now but we're gonna record this um so hopefully you can watch it at your leisure when you're not working okay then well bye Paris bye guys